1: in the car I'd be partying on my way to the party if you know what I mean had the eight track in if you don't know what that is come afterwards we'll explain it to you it's how we played music in those days and I had the doobie brothers or zz top in you know and all of a sudden I'd get this thought as I'm partying on my way to the party and I knew about Jesus Christ and I knew that if I died that night I was lost Jesus wants
0: to free you from death and the fear of it. You may be afraid of letting go of your lifestyle. Your sin has got a hold of you, and you're afraid of how boring life would be without it. As Pastor Danny warns in today's message, that fun isn't worth it. It's not really that fun anyways. How much time do you spend simply looking for the next high or trying to find a better source of satisfaction? In Christ, you can finally find peace and confidence that in death, you will be with him for eternity. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 John chapter 4 with today's edition of The Living Word.
1: One of the verses in the letter to the Corinthian church tells us that some people will lose reward because of failure in the Christian life, yet they'll be saved. And it actually, it actually basically says some people are just going to get in by the skin of their teeth, just be, just by faith in Christ, but they're not going to have a real, hey, welcome, good to see you. I mean, good to see you, but it'll be it'll be disappointing from the standpoint that they failed in their Christian life and they lost reward that they could have had. They may not hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And unbelievers are going to stand at the great white throne judgment. Now, why, why do they call it the great white throne? Seminaries, theological circles call it the great white throne judgment. Well, go with me to Revelation chapter 20, and you'll see right away why they call it the great white throne judgment. Revelation 20, verse 11 John writes and he says then I saw a great white throne great white throne judgment and him who was seated on it earth and sky fled from his presence and there was no place for them and I saw the dead great and small those who were kings in this life those who were rich and those who were nobodies and paupers standing before the throne and books were open another book was open which is the book of life The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Isn't that that amazing? God's recording things. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Fascinating. Uh, Christians, if Jesus tarries, we'll only die once. Unbelievers will die twice. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Other places it's called the Lamb's book of life. Appropriate slope, appropriate, appropriately so, uh, because Jesus is the Lamb that takes away the sin of the world. But it's only applied if you receive Him. It's a gift that has to be received. Now, some people can read verses like this or hear somebody uh, talk about it, teach on it, preach about it. And they go, I just, I I don't believe that kind of stuff. You better be right. You better be right. Because if it's true and it's what the Bible says, I got to tell you, I have a hard time still today when I sit and really think about eternal damnation for those who don't know Christ as Savior. I have a hard time coming to terms with that. But it's clearly what the Bible teaches. It's clearly what the Bible teaches. Jesus is the appointed judge in both of these judgments. Acts, listen, just listen, Acts chapter 10, verse 42, he commanded us to preach to the people to people, and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead, referring to Jesus Christ. Acts 17, 31, for he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. We have no doubt who that is. That's Jesus. He's the judge at both of these. Turn with me just for a minute. Matthew chapter 25. Jesus is speaking here, and listen to what he says. Verse 31, when the Son of Man, messianic title for Christ, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another. As a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, he'll put the sheep on his right, those who are saved, he'll put the goats on his left, those who are not saved. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. And then he gives evidences of their salvation. They're not saved by works, but their works show that they're genuine. I was hungry. You gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink, etc., etc. Then verse 41, he will say those, to those on his left, Those who are not saved. Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. God never prepared damnation for man. And he's done everything he can do that nobody has to go there. The same as he did in the judgment of Noah's day, the ark was big enough for every single person living in that time to get in the ark. They just made the wrong decision. Only eight people made the right decision. And then he says to the lost, for I was hungry, you gave me nothing. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, you didn't invite me in. Verse 46 is sobering. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. There are some teachings out here that say, oh yeah, God's going to judge. But in the judgment of the unbeliever, the one who is not saved, they just kind of get burned up and they're no more. There's no more consciousness. That's not what the Bible says. It's the contrast of eternal life and eternal punishment. Again, I have a hard time coming to grips with that, but that's what it says. That's what it says. Now That's pretty heavy. So let me tell you this little story. On the outskirts of a small town, there was a huge pecan tree. In my old South Carolina vernacular, it was a pecan tree. And it still gets interchanged depending on what day it is and What happens with my tongue? There's a huge pecan tree just inside the cemetery fence. One day, two guys filled up a bucket with nuts and sat down by the tree out of sight and began dividing them. One for you, one for me. One for you, one for me. Some of the pecan nuts rolled down toward the fence. A boy came riding along on his bicycle, and as he passed, he heard voices inside the cemetery, so he slowed down to investigate. And here's what he heard. One for you, one for me. One for you, one for me. And he just knew instinctively what it was. So he quickly hopped on his bike and he rode off as fast as he could. He rounded a corner. He was met by an old man with a cane hobbling along. He stopped and he said to the man, you won't believe what I heard down by the cemetery. Satan and the Lord are down there dividing up the souls. The man then hobbled along, following the boy to the cemetery. When they arrived, they stood by the fence. And sure enough, they both heard, one for you one for me. The old man whispered to the boy, boy, you were telling the truth. Now let's see if we can get a peek at the Lord. And as they tried to peer through the fence, they could still see nothing. Then all of a sudden they heard one for you, one for me. That's all. Now let's go get those nuts down by the fence and we'll be done. They say the old man made it back to town a full five minutes ahead of the boy on the bike. <laughs> that lightened things up a little bit, didn't it? One of the main reasons people are afraid to die is fear of judgment. Hebrews 2:14, "Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those." who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. I used to be afraid to die. It didn't happen every time, but it happened on a number of occasions. I'd be in the car. I'd be partying on my way to the party, if you know what I mean. Had the eight track in. If you don't know what that is, come afterwards. We'll explain it to you. It's how we played music in those days. And I had the Doobie Brothers or ZZ Top in, you know. And all of a sudden I'd get this thought as I'm partying on my way to the party. And I knew about Jesus Christ. And I knew that if I died that night, I was lost. I knew it. And I was afraid. You know, you know, what, you know what I did in those times? I turned ZZ Top up louder. Interesting verse, 2 Peter 3 verse 5 they deliberately forget that long ago by God's word the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. But these waters, by these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed, Noah. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. I knew that was true, but I, didn't, I, wanted, to, I wanted as much as possible to get that out of my mind. I wanted to forget about that. I wanted to party. But then on those occasions where I, I really thought about it and I thought, if I die, if I die now, if I die today, I'll never get another chance. There is no such thing as purgatory. I don't know if that offends anybody. I'm just telling you, there's no, there is no halfway house between here and hell that you can get out of. It's just not true. It's not true. It's appointed unto on man once to die and then the judgment. But here's the good news. We don't have to fear future judgment.
0: We're so blessed to be able to share the Word of God with you on each new edition of The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our valued listening audience. Pastor Danny will continue his study in 1 John next time, so we hope you'll join us again. We'd like to take a moment and ask you to consider partnering with us as we continue to share the gospel of salvation with the world. Would you join us in praying for the listeners of The Living Word? Pray that God would touch each person with His love and open their hearts to the truth of His Word. Please pray also for us. We want to continue following God's plan for this program, no matter where He asks us to go. We know the power of prayer, and we appreciate you doing this for us. Would you also ask the Lord about contributing financially to the living word? This program is professionally produced to provide the best quality messages possible so as not to distract from God's truth. That does incur some costs, however. So if you feel led to give, visit our website at ccfstpete.church and click on the online giving guide under forms. Any and all amounts are greatly appreciated and will be used to share the good news of Jesus' love for the world. Thanks for praying about this. That website once more is ccfst p-e-t-e dot church thanks for being a part of our time here today on the living word